Hey, welcome to Cruising with Phil. Back from a hiatus after the election. My first interview after the election. My name is Phil the Cruz, Cruising with Phil. And today I got a really special guest. I met this lady on Twitter last year, reading all her texts. Got a community advocate. I like this lady a lot. I want to say one day I'm going to meet her. Never think I was meeting on my podcast, but here we are. And I met her last uh, during the election at the Ontario conference. And I said, Allison Stewart is sitting on the chair. And she said to me, who are you? <laughs> and we took it from there. So, Allison Stewart, thanks for coming to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's great. So, it's great to have you here. Yeah, I know you're a busy lady. So, just tell the people who you are and what you're all about. Um, so, my name's Allison Stewart. I live in Moss Park or Ward 13. I am the Director of Advocacy and Public Policy for Cycle Toronto. I bike for everything to get around. Um, for commuting purposes, for recreational activities, and simply because it's joyful. And my goal is to make it as easy, um, accessible, and um, to everyone. Um, Toronto has become a much better cycling city. And um, it's pretty exciting working on the file, especially with the outcome of the recent election. We have a woman Mayor yes. is a cyclist as well. Finally, overdue for a woman. I think we had one mayor, right? One mayor, Toronto, a long time ago, right? Uh, John, well, there was John Sewell. Yeah. Um, and also, I believe David Miller uh, was known to ride his bike as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. So I know you do a lot of... Are you the uh, co-founder of Cycle Toronto? or? Oh, no, not at all. Um, my my um, origin story with uh, Cycle Toronto began in 2013 as a volunteer. I was looking to turn my road rage into positive solution. Um, and so I started volunteering with Cycle Toronto. I became a, um, you know, worked in the local advocacy group of what is now Ward 13. And um, and then fast forward to 2021, I re started volunteering for them in a different capacity on their um, anti-oppression and anti-racism committee. And then I started working for them um, in 2022 as their um, senior advocacy manager. Wow. Wow. So that's great. Wow. So you got quite a bit of background in uh, in volunteering. I was going to ask you, I'm going to pick your brain or go to jump to the subject. How did you get into start volunteering in the first place? I mean, about your background. Are you, are you a teacher, by the way? I am not a teacher, although I have worked in post-secondary. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm someone that likes to give back to my community and I, I, I often volunteer um, depending on causes that are close to my heart you know, so for example, when I, when my father passed away, I was, started volunteering with an organization that provided hospice services. Oh, nice. um, but in terms of, you know, how did I get involved? I mean, it just seemed like something that I'd love to do. I do every day and um, I don't like being angry or upset. And so one of the things is being better aware of what are the laws because there's no point being frustrated when, you know, it's the law or it's a bigger issue. Um, and yeah, prior to that, I volunteered for 
the Young Street Mission. They have an after-school education program for kids that live in Regent Park and St. Jamestown. And so I taught kids ranging from six years old to 16 how wow. to build their online brand right. and you know, taught them how to create a blog. Um, so I just love being in the community, meeting people from all over and just, yeah, making people happy. Well, I'm going to pick your brain. So I'm going to ask you a question I asked a lot of my our guests. Do you remember the first time you did your volunteer work and you got such first feedback and you said, yo, it feels great doing something with the community. Do you remember that first time? Well, absolutely. And even it's actually one of the first times was I was actually working for an organization um, and I was helping, um, you know, an equity deserving um, older woman who is a francophone and, you know, when she took the time to call back um, and thank me, I, that really was a bug that so nice. I realized how important it is to help people um, that don't get a, enough attention or help. That's so great. yes, it does feel wonderful. It was the first time, eh? So just like, and that just got you hooked into more volunteering and all. So what drives you, Allison Stewart, into volunteering? I mean, it's all volunteer work. It's on your time, but you know, you never give up. I've seen all your tweets from last year. I said, this is an amazing woman. You also with, uh, you know, Beth Levy? Um, I do, don't think I do. Oh, she's just like yourself, a volunteer, you know, a good voice of the community. You know, we need more of that. So I just, just amazing. Uh, I also to ask you, um, your background. I don't know my, I don't know much about your background, like where you're from and all. Okay. Well, before I go into my background, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, volunteering is great, but um, I mean, one right now in my role at Cyclotrotto, I'm actually a paid staff member. Oh, and I so I think like many people going through the COVID uh, pandemic, which still, you know, is ongoing, um, it was an opportunity for me to revisit, you know, what is important to me. Um, so I made the decision to take a different approach and instead of become, you know, instead of being a public servant, um, working um, in the not-for-profit sector. Um, so, I, you know, my volunteer, my professional life is a little more blended than it was, but I uh, love my job. Um, so my background, I was weird from the beginning. And when I say that, I mean, I was adopted at the age of five months. Nice. Um, I'm mixed race and mixed race into, you know, not entirely sure. Um, but I was raised by academics in Guelph and um, I was very lucky to be raised by them. And they are my parents because being academic, they place the value of experiences and education over material wealth and goods. And because they were liberal arts, you know, philosophers, they, you know, gave me a lot of um, breathing room to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I got a lot of freedom to determine my path. And also because of them, uh, they saw the value in becoming bilingual. So back when, you know, uh, Toronto or Canada's official bilingualism took hold, um, my parents enrolled my sister and I in French immersion um, 
on the grounds that they foresaw that being bilingual in Canada would be beneficial for our future. Okay, and wow. they were right. Yeah. My uh, sister adopted two, two children from Jonzede, uh, and uh, she was a nurse. She's still now retired, but they tried to have kids for 10 years, and uh, she adopted a little boy, my, my nephew Nathan, and my niece, on the godfather. Just now they're like adults. But then she got pregnant <laughs> at 43. Well, <laughs> it's it funny happened. because my mother, she after they adopted me, my mom was pregnant, and she had had, I mean, eight miscarriages or something horrible uh -huh. and heartbreaking. And yeah. of course, at once she was like many people when they adopt, once they're they're happy and they have their beautiful baby, they don't worry about, about it as much. And they actually successfully have bare child of their own. That's great. Natural, whatever they call it. That's amazing. Wow. That's great. So now as, you know, being adopted, you're part of the family, you're going back, you're going back to the community, basically, right? You know, the, you got taken in by a lovely family and you're going back to the community. I love it, you know? So what drives you every, what, what I'm going to ask you, what deters you from uh, when you see people get discouraged from volunteering? Like when they get, they look for an avenue and they got kind of put down, they got put sideways, say, you know, like, what's it worth? What's it worth it to you doing that, you know? Well, I, I don't know that I would think of that in a, in a deterring way. It's, I think, you know, for example, one of the reasons why I've, you know, I've considered and I've been volunteering for most of my life is because my parents, especially my mother, was active in her community. Um, and so I saw that, right? And it's, you know, our environment is, is very much shapes who we are. And I would say it's more of, you know, sharing the joy that can come with volunteering with people that may not consider it. But I'll also note that it's also a bit of a barrier. So for example, when people are working multiple jobs, if they have children, it, it's really hard to, to dedicate your personal time depending on your personal circumstance. And I even took a break for volunteering for a couple of years because I took a senior level job for York University and I just simply didn't have the time. I did a lot of international travel plus a lot of, you know, meetings and, and work events that were in communities, but it it just didn't allow me the time to volunteer. So I just think that's something that we should all be be cognizant of is that especially today, um, a, a lot of the youth um, are having a harder time to access volunteering opportunities because they're, you know, working multiple jobs. Wow, it's amazing. So you'll say it's funny about you say that ask you when you're doing your work, working full time, did you miss that itch about volunteering, like get it back to the community? Like you're too busy, you can't do it, but you want to get back into it? Well, because volunteering is is really, it's it's fun. It's a little more, um, you know, community-based. It's, you know, when you're at work, you have specific, you know, things and, and processes that you have to follow. Um, volunteering gives you an opportunity to discover a different way of doing something and also to contribute by bringing your style to to something that may not have been used before. So for example, I'm not a trained teacher, although I do teach um, a college course for Collège Boreal. Um, when I was teaching kids at the after school program, I, I wasn't given a curriculum or a plan. And so I had carte blanche to sort of shape and and discover you know teaching 
And so that was a lot of fun. And it gave me an opportunity to reach out to some of my friends who are teachers um, looking for resources. And, um, you know, it, it gave the kids a rich experience because as one of them said to me one day, I was unlike any of their teachers. Um, and I said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And he said, it's a good thing. And I said, and why do you think that is? And he said, well, you talk to us like we're adults and you know, you, you ask our opinions, like none of my teachers ask me what I think. Um, so again, it's that wonderful, any situation, I firmly believe that, you know, both parties should be learning 50% regardless of status or position, um, we all have things to contribute in different ways. Funny you mentioned about the, uh, the talking to the people rather than talking down to them. Also with like the politics, like I find the missing politics in the election, there's no connection between the youth and politics as though they want to have an interest, but they're not hurt. Like you just said, they talk to you. Like they like talking to you because you talk to them as adults. And that's what's missing I found like during the election, two elections, they all say like the youth is missing in the politics. We got to get an interest in there. They like to, to get involved, but they want to be heard. But sometimes they're not heard. It's in the right place. And you're talking about what you what you said. They talk to you. They like talking to you guys as an adult, treated as a person, not just as a, a small idea and just like put aside because you're a youth. But you know what? They all matter. Like if you go back in history, I like I like architect and history. A lot of a lot of things have been discovered through youth. Like people don't realize that. Like just even like one simple idea and just like puts it forth. It makes a great great outcome for this for community, right? That's what I always believe, you know. Like even your idea, like your stuff, like you did, like your background. You talk about working with the hospice, you know. All those experiences for you just looks, it just shows your personality, the way you just present yourself, and all that experiences makes you. That's my proposition. Makes you such a great advocate for the community, and that's even feel all the things you've been through, all of you know trials and tribulations, but just and then you can relate that on other people, like the youth, and then because you're relating as them, right? Not just as a learning, but also teaching as well, right? Sorry, what? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the one thing about humans is one, we we all want to talk about things we like or uh, we want to share what we're what drives us, what we're doing, our opinions. Um, and then another thing about humans, and this is where I think it can be frustrating if people don't actively look um, to find out um, different points of view or different experiences that we we tend to like discovering things ourselves right I mean there's all this you know despite what the research says best practices feedback from specific groups of people but there is this tendency to people that if they're not you know if they don't live that experience or it doesn't impact them then they don't care and I and I think this is why you know representation in government and positions of power is really important because you know decisions are made based on people's experiences, for example, having, you know, Olivia Chow as a mayor, I mean, just the fact that we have um, a woman who is an immigrant, who's Asian, who, you know, has, uh, rides a bike, who has lots of experience, that shapes how she presents herself and who she listens to. And so, that is really helpful. Like having that mayor that's open to a diversity of opinions and not just one specific specific group that tends to be, you know, privileged. I yeah, and she's and she's grassroots like the rest of us, right? Yeah, 
and it's so I met her at the when I, before I talked to you at the Ontario I met her in the hallway at the Ontario Police Conference there, and yeah. I went and she's so and she just talks to you like she doesn't she puts a timer aside for me. I talked to her. I actually bugged her. I said, "Are you gonna run? Are you gonna run?" I kept teasing her. She gave me a card. She just gave me a call. We had a few ideas going back and forth, but she's like. Just a regular person like the rest of us, you know, and that's what that's what I find missing sometimes. But you know, you get to a certain point as a counselor, not putting in the counselors down, but you got to relate with the people. Unless you have the experiences living in poverty or on the streets, what I've done myself, and you go through your own experiences, you relate with the people. People like you and Olivia Shell, like now that she's in there, we need more people like her in there, right? Like, yeah, I you probably can think of top of your head, like who we know personally that could be right there, like people we met through the years or you, people you volunteer, you go like. You should be in council because you're really with people, you know, you've been through, right? Well, I don't think, I mean, I, I honestly, um, I mean, I, I thank you for all your, your kind words, but I, I feel I'm pretty new to the community. Um, I, you know, there have been, I'm really, um, inspired by the, you know, the people that have been, you know, dedicated decades of ongoing advocacy work and their personal time, um, you know that real consistency over decades so i um i i'm inspired every day but meeting people that you know are on the front lines and to you know find an issue and just go out and find solutions to it um was i putting you on the spot of running of running for council no, no I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't i didn't ask that question in the interview <laughs> okay I put out the piece of paper ready when I did the uh, survey. <laughs> no, I, I do. I'm happy being in a nonpartisan position um, and working with whoever is in power. Uh, and I really, I'm inspired by, you know, at everyone that puts their, their hat in the rank to become a local councillor or a mayor. Um, it isn't an easy job. And um I think it's it's wonderful that our city council is becoming more diverse, and I will happily support, perhaps from the back uh, from the back end, if I can give any contributions to campaigns. Um, but no, I will leave the actual running for council to to others. But you said earlier you said you're you're just new and you're young at the whole, you know, advocacy experience, being people more experienced. But you know, you've got so much experience. Just I don't case about about values of years, but just. A, time put in in the input that you put on this you know like what i'm gonna tell you when i did my canvassing i asked a lot of questions about voters in different areas i asked about i had a list of volunteers with journey monitor plus a few others and i went to this list i said tell me who stands out in this list they said you and jennifer alexander and uh jenny warden all the oh, time I got this. So... yeah your name was on the list so let's let you know oh. so so well that's it, wonderful it, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not bugging it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think you have to be more experienced to be a volunteer, even to work at council. I know you're not going to run, but I'm just saying, but your experiences right now, your name is, I know your name, just be when you started election, I knew your name was out there and like other, I go, you know what? And I met, I volunteered, I, I, I interviewed a few right now for the last few, few months and just, uh, you know, these are the type of people we need in City Hall grassroots, experience, hardships, you know, learning how to like do without. That's the biggest thing. If you learn how to do without, I think it makes you a better person inside and helps your community. Always. That's what I believe. Absolutely. You know? But, you know, I mean, there's also work needed um, in the, you know, the city staff, 
all the different, you know, civil or uh, oh, yeah. society yeah. organizations, you know, it, it's pretty amazing, right? Our, how our society comes together to yeah. sort of counterbalance um, our system. So yeah, you, you about the, there, uh, city there is a role for yeah, supporting. Funny, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that the city clerks. I always say kudos to the city clerks. People don't realize, like, you know, we have to use 25 signatures for counselor or uh, or our mayor. Now we put those, I had 40 signatures. But the city clerks that go, they got to do all the research, they got to do all the paperwork, right? And they got to do all that accountability. So people, I always say, I always love the background when you have volunteer work, like when you get people set up and you get all the stuff going on. I was like, how they got it all set up, who volunteered, the time you put in. I love that part, you know. The, the show, the show and tell is nice, but I like the background, like you're saying, which said the city clerks, the staff, they do a lot of work. People don't realize that, you know, like they're saying, like, look at what they gotta do. Like that's a hundred a hundred candidates. That's like 25 signatures a piece. <laughs> the amount of, amount of paperwork they gotta go through, and they gotta research. They I talked to them quite a bit. They gotta go to all the background checks addresses, make sure it's all right and correct, signatures and everything. Yeah. Like I said, the background, like yourself, you know, I know you're uh you're an advocate for the community. You do a lot of background. And I think, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm picking your brain here, but I have a feeling that you do so much more than what people realize behind the scenes, like the Cycle Toronto, like stuff getting done. And then, yeah, well, that's wonderful. Look at Cycle Toronto. Yeah, but look at the background. Look what Alison Stewart did behind the scenes. You know what I mean? You know, it's what we all do, right? I yeah, mean, it is. Yeah. we all are a lot more than what we think. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, it's funny. You're talking about volunteering experience. I realize I haven't given a shout out for the fact that I am currently volunteering for Culture Link's Bike Homes program. Wow. wow. And um, that's something that, is oh, wonderful, you, right? Part of that, that bringing. I know that. I know that is. Can you explain it to the people what that is? I know what that is. Oh right. Well, Culture Link is part of their, you know, welcoming newcomers to Toronto, and in this specific program, it gives uh, people bikes to try for a period of a couple of months, and they're partnered with a bike mentor. So we have bike wow. mentors like myself that are paired with bike mentees. And we take them uh, around Toronto. We do bike rides. So it's an opportunity to meet new people. And for example, on Saturday, we are going as a big group to Niagara Falls. We're going to take the GO train with our bikes and spend the day biking and uh, socializing. Wow. So that's a wonderful way of um, helping share, you know, the love of Toronto and how wonderful biking in the city can be. Oh, you're like a tour guide. My goodness me. Wow. How many how many people you got for going to Niagara Falls at the weekend? Uh, well, I believe right now the group is 33. And I'm not organizing it, so that's wonderful. Oh, it's, it's wonderful nice. to be a volunteer. It's I'm volunteer. there to help support. But you know, it's Culture Link um, and their wonderful team that are actually organizing and coordinating the outing. I'll put the link down and I'll put your links to your cycle Toronto as well on the uh, after the interview there. But uh, yeah, I heard of Culture Link. How long has it been around now for? Oh gosh, they've been around for a few decades, I believe. I a lot of people that I've heard, I know about it, but a lot of people when you heard about that's like, like if they watch the interview, they go like Culture Links. That that you know, like I always like I, you know the fly on the wall. I always say when people do interviews with me and I talk about, well, I always say to people watch these interviews, like watch you, and maybe something you'll say will inspire people, like Culture Links, and they'll go and do their thing, right? And then when they'll come back to you. And they'll say, and I'll ask you, Allison Stewart, has anybody ever come back to you and say, you know what, you inspired me for doing something or what you did or as a volunteer or what you proposed or what you were responsible for? Has anybody ever come back to you? Oh, 
a, I mean, well, you are right now. <laughs> I was going to get you on me. <laughs> I was um, going to tell you, go ahead, Sarah, you go first. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, it's nice when, um, when people do tell you that you have done a good job or that they've helped them access something. So, but yeah, and, but I would say that most of the time, you know, it's just, you know, through smiles and talking to people, right? It doesn't need to be acknowledged in any way. That's so nice. Yeah, well, I was going to have that my, my, my turn now. I'm going to say, <laughs> last, since last year's election, I'm going to call my turn, but uh, you inspired me for the election. Like, as a volunteer, I saw all the work you'd done. I looked at all your different backgrounds, and I said, well, where are these guys? I said, where did, you, where did they get the time to do all this stuff? I said, you know what? I got to get my ass in gear. It's good language, but you know what? So I say, last year, meeting you, on the tweets and watching your stuff and other people just inspired me to be a better volunteer and back with the city. You know, that's where you learn from. Your learning tool has helped me to become more involved, actually work with the pot here as well. So you inspired me also since last year before I even met you. <laughs> so well, after cool. I, it's so nice to have you as an uh, interview for the first time, right? It's just amazing. You that's know? wonderful. And tell me what, so, and where, um, tell, tell us what you're volunteering on right now that you're, Particularly, yeah. Like what I'm working on, or what I did before the past, or what? Well, what are what are you volunteering on right now that you want to share? Oh, <laughs> well, working with uh, um, TDSB, where there's a uh, a dietitian. Uh, his name Duad. That's his nickname. But he goes around different high schools, different grade schools. He teaches kids education on uh, protein, proper food etiquette, proper education. And the funny thing, I didn't know this. He told me this during the election last year. Canada is one of the few countries that does not have an, a national nutrition program. We have a food guide, but we don't have yeah. a food uh, program. Yeah. So I want to work with him right now, and we want to get that into effect in Parliament and pass it. So meaning once it's passed in Parliament, the government has no excuse but to take care of citizens with proper food and education. Also, there's a lot of kids out there, young adults, even with food banks, um, special needs. And like people like uh, have celiac, you know, uh, uh, gluten-free and all a lot of people know about that you know, donations come and you know if people are more educated also also volunteer with food banks i want to make coalition with food banks because we don't have it right now it's in other cities each food bank is kind of separated by itself but i want to make a website so like say you have special you say like you're you need something with uh gluten-free you can go to the website you can see where it's located or you can have it distributed have it all even it out because basically it's a lot of them are alone. So that's one of my second thing to volunteer. Also volunteering with uh, the military, retired from the military. And I work with uh, people that are uh, like old vets that are, uh, you know, been injured through the war or like in Afghanistan. And I got a lot of through. But back then when I was in the forces, they didn't have any for support for mental mental, uh, mental health and all. Now they do, which I'm glad. So I'm working with a lot of people like that, like on the internet and all. So I'm doing that as well. So it's a lot, it's a little nerve wracking. Those are great causes. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, and I love it because they come back to you and they go back to the communities because we're the way we're trained. The military is always to volunteer, and everybody's an equal, and nobody's different, no matter what your age, sexuality, your race, religion, whatever. It's all we're all the same. That's how I treat everybody the same, like you know, with the respect. And my dad always taught me treat every job as important. Everybody has an important jobs. There's no such thing as a minor job because every job you said earlier, everything contributes to the whole to make one thing complete. So I'll say like a say you're just take that. I think I got uh, 10 minutes left. Just to, just to always volunteer as a person and treat everybody equal, right? Because if you look at somebody less, they say, like, say you're a janitor and you say, oh, you're just a janitor or whatever. That's not, 
You shouldn't be like that because you know what? You could be in that position or you were in that position too. You never forget your roots or where you came from because, you know, I've done, I've done, like you probably did all kinds of different jobs, you know, and some jobs you, you know, didn't want to do, but you had to pay the bills and we did it. And that's what it's all about. Experience is back to the grassroots, right? Helping each other out. So that's what I'm volunteering right now doing. Doing the pause. I'm working on um, an art uh, website, Art Clinical Arts. I'm going to promote local artists, uh, thespians, musicians, uh, poets. I'm going to promote the local arts. I'm also working on an online book plan right now. I'm going to get that going with communication. Just meeting people. I'm just doing this video, meeting you and meeting people in the past and hearing their stories. I love hearing people's stories. And I love hearing uh, like where they came from. Like I had one guy not too long ago. He was an epic. Uh, he suffered epilepsy and he didn't interview with me and now as an epileptic he's training people with down syndrome and uh and schizo and they're training this personal trainer that inspires me and we talked all back and forth now yeah so like you meeting you for the first time when i started at the conference i said allison stewart and he said who are you yeah <laughs> it was hilarious i knew more about you than you would be. Well, I, I i thought i asked that a little more you know nice like oh who are you like, <laughs> no i said you're at the table and you said allison stewart i saw you i recognize right and you said hello who are you <laughs> yeah that's more like you say it's like who are you <laughs> but this thing about and then i as you as a volunteer like uh you know it's just you guys inspired me that's why i want to be out there when you guys are doing your presentations like you did your videotaping there it's just something i can do my contribution to say thank you for your advocacy for the community Let's videotape it. Let's keep it as a memory and people can watch it on the YouTube, whatever, and check it out. So that's, I do, well, I got uh, eight minutes. Yeah, so that's what I do for volunteer. I got some other things that I do as well. I want to do. Also, I want to do, my thing is food security, as you know, my platform as well. We didn't talk about it during the election. There was a debate about it. We already talked about Food security is such a major thing. We don't talk, now they're talking about the after election, but now they just, as you saw yesterday, they just said now they now have stats that uh, uh, children that have, uh, Lack of food are now more uh, increase of uh, children with mental health going to doctors and all that. That's because of food security. You know, so I don't work on that. So I had a proposal, some plans, and uh, we need to get more things going. We need to get that 900 million wasted in your food uh, uh, security, like food, food waste, just good food, good quality food. I've been doing it for 25 years as volunteer with food and all, and I want to get that. That's my main thing on the platform is just feeding the people. It's all about the people. Housing is nice, but you know. People with empty stomachs ain't gonna, you know. Sorry. We need nutritious food, and you know, one of one of the horrifying uh, government policies that took place, um, along with the residential school system, was that they, you know, they did they, they starved a lot of oh, the yeah. indigenous kids, and they researched it, so they they know right that you know when you are malnourished and you're starving, you you know, you, you don't have the energy, you don't have the, the same cognitive ability. Um, so humans need food and water to survive and thrive. Um, and it, it, and it, it's criminal that, um, you know, our history on how we treated indigenous populations and, and we're still treating them poorly we're still inequitable i mean the fact that you know food insecurity is impacting so many families um it's heartbreaking and i, I applaud you we absolutely need a national nutrition program um ensuring that you know kids when they go to school they're, they're given food well they have these uh like do you hear tunis tuni for tummies have you heard of that sorry tunis for tummies it's a program for uh, 
it's called Toonies for Tummies. For every Toonie, every, I think every once or twice a year, grocery stores, like some of the major ones, they, they you donate a Toonie to go to the, uh, this program called Toonies for Tummies. And okay. it feeds, uh, gives breakfast for kids. Kids that are missing breakfast in the morning, going to schools. Some of the churches they go to, they have volunteer uh, staff that actually open up the kitchen in the church in the morning because the school's not too close, not too far. And they actually feed, and it's all donations. My thing is I want to get the government, I like to ask the government, to fully fund this for all kids to have a proper breakfast, not to miss meals. It's funded by grocery stores, also major uh, companies. They all fund it. It's all donations, but unfortunately, the government doesn't fully fund it. I wish they would, you know, because proper proper food gets your smart brain, get better results, education, and give back to the community, right? That's what I always believe. So it's there, but it needs to be worked on, I think, and more other programs as well. Like, and even what you said, like, working with these immigrants coming from different countries and going on bike rides. That's just, you know, lack of food there. Like they come to different, like immigrants. We saw the uh, the lineup last year or this year, the food banks, especially Fort York Food Bank downtown. And that was just ridiculous. And they're like, you know, doing footage of all this, all these people lining up. And that tells you something. It said, this is during the election. Why is this not talking about the election? Never mind housing and all the uh, promises of crime and all. This is the major thing. Corridors, housing. And internal th things, fixed in apartments and all that. I got about four minutes left. So yeah, that's what I think. Food security is my major thing. It's so important, you know, growing up. Like uh, one, they say used to be one to five kids are starving going to going to school. Like I have one of my nieces uh, went to school one day. She brought home one of her. I was babysitting. She brought one of her friends. She says, I said, uh, she says to me, Godfather that's my nickname. She says, Can you give my friend some more food? I go, why? She says, she, she misses breakfast twice a week. I said, oh my gosh, you know. And that's and but the, the kid doesn't say nothing but she's used to that lifestyle because she's been raised that you know she's gonna miss a few meals during the week of breakfast but she's used to it but she happily plays along and she tells my niece in in, in confidence she's you know not getting enough food and you know so we uh, took it upon us we phoned the churches and we got some more people involved we got a list there more people that put on the list somebody really hesitant because a lot of pride is involved but, but you know admitting that you need something or need some help especially food wise. And it's and some people take it personally, you know, like they think they feel less that they want to uh, reach out, they need help, or because they can't support their families with, you know, at a case, it's just a case, you know, price of the food, it's just so much. But, you know, we set things up, little things like you're just reach far corners, like all the stuff you're doing that. I can imagine, like in 20 years, what you're doing now with fusion and that's going to expand and all that, it's going to be amazing, you know, like. Have you ever seen something you got as a volunteer way back and you go, like, now it's expanding, you go, like, wow, I was part of that, it's amazing pretty neat like I mean for example when I think about what's accomplished um across you know for the cycling city you know when I you know when I began volunteering with Cycle Toronto I mean the two main campaigns that were being worked on was you know Bloor, Danforth and Young and today there are protected bike lanes on all three of those routes yeah and you know right now working on having bike lanes on Bloor you know from Mississauga all the way to Scarborough. So that's pretty amazing. That's that's 10 years. I know. I've talked, I bet talked to Albert, Robin, and uh Robert as well. You know, like I look yeah. back and they said they're like they started 10 years ago with the uh, we just did the celebration there on the uh, blur line. Now like mm -hmm. uh like I'm a Scarborough, I'm a Scarborough guy, Rose. I just did some videos just the other day on my bike. I said, Nascara needs bike lanes, not just on Blur only. <laughs> yes. We got, we got now, are you in Guildwood? What um what board are you in? I'm in uh, 16, board 16. So I'm in Victoria Park area. 
right? Okay. Yeah. So there's no like I'm on Victoria Park. There's no bike lane. Just a video. There's no bike lanes from Victoria Park from Seals all the way down to Danforth. And there's no bike lanes. There's one at Ellington. They need a bike lane on Lawrence, Ellesmere. These are major areas that are always corrupt yes. traffic, especially when the DPP closes down on the weekends. This place is like a zoo, you know. But I found a solution to how to solve traffic. They said they have traffic problems. It's not a case of cutting down on and getting security guards and traffic. You know, you probably know this. You know, there's less traffic, but there's no schools out. The schools are out, there's less traffic. Well, so yes. I, so I say, you know what? Get the kids that get picked up by buses, yell less traffic, like they do in England, right? You got about uh, one minute. Left. You want to go to the next one already? Do you want to take a break or whatever? Or what? I I wouldn't. Let's like if you wouldn't mind taking a break because it's ten after five, and I actually have a couple of deadlines I need to get to. Okay, you want to do it? So maybe we could do do the second one later, and it would be really helpful if you send me some of the top, like some of the talk or the theme of that interview. Oh sure, yeah. What we'll I do is uh. Uh, I got an interview with Robert at 8 o'clock, apparently, and uh, so it's 5.09, so uh, what time did you want to do the interview at? Um, could we do it um, next week? Yeah, we'll do it. I'm going to get cut off here in one minute, but you know what? I'm going to thank you for having you. We'll do your second interview next week. I'm going to cut off here in one minute, and thanks for coming yeah. on the show. I'll do it next week, and I'll send you the link for next week, and you know, it's an honor having to meet you for the on my video first time. It's great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Phil. And thank you for all your kind words. It's really wonderful. You've hey, made my week. Oh, yeah. Great. You made my week. Thanks. For so I'll see you next week then. Okay. 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 Bye, Phil. I'll